Clay will have to remind me as I'm slipping into some sort of Star Trek stupor, I think, at this point. But um, in the, the episode, The Swarm, which we're about to talk about, was is the doctor's... Um, has the doctor's problem been brought up before that he's like running out of hard drive space? I don't think so. I couldn't remember. It's an honest question. I just wasn't, I wasn't Not sure if this can... was a thing that they've, they've mentioned before as this is something that's going to happen to him. No, I think this is the first time they've, they've talked about it. And I could have saved them a whole episode by telling them just they got to shut down Winamp because that thing <laughs> takes up, up a ton of memory. <laughs> it's true. He's probably winamping all his operas, and those are just very long. You don't yeah. you don't want you don't want operas and orchestral music at sixty four kilobits per second or something. You got to get that at flak audio quality. Yeah, yeah. the <laughs> interface is really nice, but you know that comes at a cost. It does. Boy, Winamp was like a staple of high school. That and Snood. Mm-hmm. You'd listen to some, mm-hmm. play some Snood while listening to some Winamp. That was good times. Hell yeah. Man, I had a sick Iron Maiden Aces High skin for Winamp. Yeah, the skin. Awesome. <laughs> what happened to skin? I guess we just skin our phones now. Do you have a case on yeah. your phone? I do, yes. Does it, is it skinned? Is it colorful or is it just black? No, it's, uh, it's, it's two-tone. It's blue and black. Um, and it has a, a little... Uh, kickstand on the back of oh, it, nice. which is very helpful. Um, but yeah, it's not, for, it's not for when you're too, too drunk to hold on to your phone, you just lay it down and watch it on the floor. Pretty much, yeah. It's Nightwing the phone, blue and black. This is The Swarm. It's the fourth episode of the third season. It came out on September 25th, 1996, written by Mike Sussman, who's an Enterprise writer that we are uh, very familiar with, if you don't remember the name, Clay. Directed by Alexander Singer in Universe Date 50252.3, which is 2373. In this one called The Swarm, the Doctor suffers from a computer malfunction and Voyager is attacked by a swarm of alien warships. I think we should do everybody a favor and just default to our um, <clears throat> our roots and refer to this as The Swarm from now on for the rest of the episode. The Swarm. Drop that, drop that R right out of there. Oh, my God. The Swarm. The Swarm. <laughs> This fucking swamp came out of nowhere, kid. <laughs> That's what you <laughs> let our hair down coming, like coming Janeway off a, does. Coming off of four ninety five, I hit the swamp <laughs> big time. <laughs> I was in fucking swamp, Scott. I ran. Yeah. <laughs> well, over in Worcester, you got it. You got the swamp battle. <laughs> it's terrible. This episode sucked. Sucked ass. <laughs> it was a real bad episode. Um, it, was, I, uh, it was wicked bad, as they say. It was wicked right bad. You know, man, I still remember when my young middle school world was shattered when I when I was told by my uh, youth pastor, who was from Alabama, that uh, using "wicked" as an as an adjective was sinful. Pretty much only um, a northeastern Boston thing. I had no idea. I thought that was just how everybody talked. No, it's it's so it's so common up here that. It takes me extra brain cell revolutions to realize that it's a strange thing to say. You know, like it, it, yeah. it's so natural to me to say it. I don't say it a lot, I don't think. But to, to have when someone say, like, why do you say that? My my brain is just wicked just means very. It's, it's just yeah. an excessive very. That's all it means. Yeah. It really, when you do think about it, 
you realize very quickly it sounds like nonsense. It sounds if, ridiculous <laughs> that anyone would say anyone would say that. You sound like you might as well be skateboarding or something like that, as you as yeah. you say. But yeah, well, see, that's the thing. That's the difference. Is because like most other places would use wicked in place of like cool, like that is wicked. Yeah, but we use it as an adjective. As an adjective, yeah, yeah. So I guess technically something could be wicked, wicked. Yes, you could have a witch if you want wicked, to. wicked. Yes. <laughs> if if you went to see the play Wicked and someone asked you how it was and you really enjoyed it, you could say it was Wicked Wicked. The, the, <laughs> wicked, the wicked Witch wicked, of the West wicked. was Wicked Wicked. You know, it's just it's natural to say things like that. Yeah. Um, what are we doing here? What are we talking I think about? we're talking about the, the swarm, which the was swamp? An, which is an unforgivably bad episode of Star Trek Voyager. Um, I don't know. I thought this thing failed on virtually every every level. And I thought it was terrible, and it kind of made me mad when it was over. Um, <laughs> I don't know how, but you you felt about it though. You you probably I, liked I it. I didn't. I didn't hate it. Um, it's. Uh, it feels like two absolutely completely different episodes jammed into one, though. It does. Like, yeah. yeah. Nothing going on in the Doctor story feels like it has any bearing or overlap on anything else like not even to the point where they're running this thing to bring the doctor back and the other half of the plot is like these swarm ships are sucking all the energy out of the ship we don't have any energy it yeah. doesn't even affect doesn't the affect massive it at all. reboot they're doing um also Kess like they're being attacked by the swarm and Kess is like uh the doctor is kind of dying at this point it's right. like, get yeah. the fuck out of here Kess. everyone's <laughs> yes. gonna die yeah uh really really uh taking after neelix on that one yeah that was that was um, absorbing some of the others personality yeah yeah i i don't know like i i liked some of the ideas that were going on in the doctor story um yeah as far as the uh the reboot from hell that he needs yeah the, the reboot thing and like the idea of of i found this to be kind of a bit of a more interesting angle on is he a person than they they tend to do with these things where it's like usually with with data or whatever it's like well does he does he not have opinions and does he not feel and this one's like no he does all that stuff but you know we can save him but we erase all that stuff and is that a, is erasing all of that stuff essentially erasing a person and it was like that's kind of an interesting idea but they don't do anything with it it just kind of sits there and then he gets kind of goofy yeah i i mean they I I like both ideas of the plots in this one. I, mm-hmm. I like the uh, swarm alien. I like the general idea of that. I think that that's kind of a novel thing that we haven't seen before, where it's just a a billion different little ships as opposed to you know one ship that you're fighting against, which is kind of neat. Um, I like the idea of the doctor's quandary here whether or not he needs to get rebooted i like the sort of mild attempt at this is what it's like to deal with someone who has dementia or alzheimer's or something like that um i think the execution on both stories and every like character thing that happens in this is just fucking terrible like um even starting tangentially i know people have said that janeway becomes a schizophrenic character what is her rationale for anything she decides to do in this episode? Like, why is Na- why is the character who's been obsessed with sticking to the Federation code at the expense yeah. of the ship and not getting home, who has 
stopped at like every fucking nebula that they pass and is like, let's waste a week and a half hanging out here. Why now is she like, forget sovereign territory. We're just going to invade these people and zip across as fast as we can and then shoot at them as they try try to tell us not to do it. I just don't understand anything that Janeway does here. Yeah, she really goes from uh, we need to uphold the Starfleet rules to literally saying, baby, we're a long way from Starfleet. (laughs) We we got to. And and all it gets is the show, interestingly, has Tuvok raise his eyebrow a couple times at it, but he never says anything about yeah. it there's no, Tuvok, there's no reason Tuvok basically passive aggressives her the entire episode where he's just kind of like okay and that's pretty much all he does but uh and yeah it's it's a weird why do it's it? a weird choice i mean i wish they had come up with a reason for them to go through it like even if it was an emotional reason like she I mean, I guess the, the closest they get is her being like, uh, you know, I'm not I'm not willing to tell these people they're going to be 15 months. Be- it's like, well, you're already going to be driving for 75 years. You're probably not going to make it anyway. What's another 15 months? Right. Um, but, but like and she also delays. But, I mean, she's they've been delaying this entire time. So the sudden thing of like we now have they remember whatever that resolutions episode is. They wasted two months going back right. and forth yeah. with Dakota. Yeah. I yeah, I, it feels like the kind of thing where it's like, you know how if you're going somewhere and uh, you take too long to leave and then um, you're already anxious about it because being late is your fault, but then you just kind of like start reacting like it's the other person's fault because they haven't put their <laughs> shoes on yet, but they haven't put their shoes on yet because you took 20 minutes extra taking a shower. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's. Uh, I wish they had more of a. Uh, I wish they had a better reason to go through. Like, I mean, the show has come up with every sort of uh, you know excuse you can think of for them to have to go to these planets. Resource wise, I guess is what I'm saying. So, it's yeah. not, like, I don't know if I want like. Well, we have to go through this way because there's a dilithium cloud that if we hit it just right, it'll. Give us a boost through yes. the nebula or something. The Master Chief shields will pop right back to fold as soon as yes. you drive through this. Yeah. <clears throat> but, you know, some some reason, some reason that makes sense for her character other than I don't want to add 15 months to our trip when clearly that has not been an issue up to this point. Yeah. And, I mean, there's a weird argument for the actions of the aliens in this one are reasonable against what they are seeing. You know, like they, yeah, uh, yeah. they're it, it, like, why, why are Bolana and Paris allowed to live at the beginning? There, that whole opening sequence is is really strange to me. Um, from Paris being horny on Maine, as the kids say these yep. days. Yep. To uh, uh, the guy just showing up and blasting them to knock them out for some reason, and then <laughs> how tremendous did they, pain? <laughs> yeah, how did they get back to the ship? I was surprised that they were already back to the ship. And Taurus it was drove just, it back. I guess is the ex- but why? Like the other guy that they run into who ran into the aliens had all of his crew killed and he died. Right. Yeah. Why didn't they die? Uh, stronger constitution. Stupid. That is just <laughs> stupid. And then. I'll just I'll just keep rattling off my complaints about this one. So, the swarm aliens are like this episode is one of those ones that is it seems confused about what the important plot is, and the doctor plot is clearly the important plot, but the 
The swarm right. aliens just threaten to overtake that story at literally every moment that's going on. And the, the swarm aliens are, outside of their cool idea, the entire sequence of dealing with them is so stupid and techno babbly and like, what the fuck? Like, that fixed the problem? They did it? it it's so... <laughs> unimpressive when it ends the most impressive thing is how crazy Janeway's hair gets when like the phaser yeah. <laughs> bounces back at her or something it was kind of similar to the one where they had all those other suckers on the ship and I forget I forget how they got out of that one but it was equally <laughs> it was <the> same. unimpressive <laughs> I don't know it's like they can't shoot them because it bounces back so they shoot they them have, a little uh, bit or something and it causes everything to blow up I don't know uh they have very advanced I am rubber, you are glue technology. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. They should always yes. bust that out. I was really hoping that they were going to cut through, that the 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 universal translator was going to work, and then all of a sudden you're going to hear, Kirk, <laughs> you don't know what it's like to be left on this planet. <laughs> well, I know it is. The the the, uh, the swarm ship was better in Beyond than it is oh, yeah. here. Yeah. Way better. Uh, so the swarm aliens are stupid. I was expecting the translator thing to be a sort of reversal of like once they understood what they were saying, they realized that this was all just a misunderstanding because they have invaded their space and are like, you know, maybe (laughs) that's a bad idea. But no, they're portrayed as evil. The invasion sequence is terrible and boring. And then maybe most egregiously. At least they could have done it like the old urban legend where they finally get the the universal translator to work and they and they say uh, uh, he's in the backseat of your car. Right. The call, the call is from within inside the house. And Harry's, yes. Harry's translation, he's like, they're saying something about, like, don't come to our territory. It's like, what, what the <laughs> hell are you talking about? And then, Please, please, just leave us alone. Not to, um, just to get to the end, because I was, like, you know, thoroughly disgusted by the end. We can talk about the Doctor's subplot more in depth. But, like, what a terrible ending of an episode this was, where I don't even know what happened. So, I don't know what happened either. So I need to, I need to say, like, I was, I, I spent the day going, like, I'll approach this fairly and I'll go into this podcast and I'll talk to Clay about it and I will treat this episode as if I have nothing, as if I know that nothing else is going to happen. I was very weak and I couldn't do that. And so I read reviews about what this is. <laughs> the doctor shows no repercussions from this going forward. Yeah. Yeah. So I had a feeling that was the case. So but. what is this? What was the ending? How do how do you do that? It, like, they've completely erased his character, except they do the same sort of nonsense they do with Data in the end of Nemesis, where he just barely mm. remembers something. But we're going to go to the next episode, and he's going to be back to normal from this. Right, yeah. I, the way that I squared it in my head, and this is, I like, on the page, I think they're cheating, and they're trying to do the Data thing. Um. And maybe this is what they had in mind, and they were like, oh, maybe we don't actually have to say this. But the way that I squared it in my head is that it's just like a delayed reboot or something where it's – like that's not how it's played. It's played in that way where it's like, oh, something – a little piece of him is still in there even though he's completely different now. Right. Um, But but – yeah, I know his emotional was, reaction is that way. They're like, right. They treat it as if this is he's been wiped out for good. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I assumed it was something. The only way I could make sense of it was it was like, oh, OK, well, it's just like it's going to take a it's going to take a bit for everything to uh, to reboot, you know, like the machines on, but all the drives aren't running yet. That kind of thing. 
But, but that like, is not doesn't that just supported by everything? the text. Yeah, but that undercuts the whole decision. If his decision is we will reboot you and you will slowly regain yourself, it's not even a decision at that point. You know. Well, my understanding, I thought the whole point of grafting him to the mate, the other Matrix, was to try and preserve him his like his personality right when my did i is that not what it was i don't understand i didn't understand anything that was happening at the end so i i didn't bother <laughs> I was, then when the ending came i was like fuck it i don't care what happened i was very confused when they were like yeah part of the reason this is like this way he's like this now is because we leave him on all the time and then at the end they were like he's fading too fast what can we do and janeway's like keep him occupied and i was like <laughs> shut him off <laughs> just shut him off for like six hours. <laughs> yeah. It's the uh, it's the time travel from the primer or something. He just has to turn off for six hours and he'll be rebooted for six hours and it'll be fine. I don't I, – it's like I – the Doctor storyline is just frustrating because it feels like it could have been a really good idea. It feels like it could have been really something uh, interesting about that character, but it's it's so – it's so confusing from the start and then it just becomes this whole shebang about like whether or not you're supposed to care that this guy disappears forever, but then he just comes back and the ending is so confusing that the way they're playing it, I can't tell if the doctor is fucking with them at the end and like, is this going to be a joke where he's like, never mind, it actually worked. You don't have anything to worry about, but it's not that he just whistles and then you know, knowing this show and the fact that I read the reviews, you're like, well, this is Voyager. He can't possibly not be the same character when they come back next episode. Right. So I don't know. It's just like, I, I feel that it was cheap and lame in a way that like the other Star Trek shows, even when they have to reboot it at the end and bring it back to square one, it's not done this way where it's done so obviously um unfairly to the viewer mm. i don't know it's like i i feel like reboots have to be done a little bit better than this it's just like this is probably the worst example i've seen from the show about the character has to come back to square one at the start of the next episode so how do we do it you don't even see it happen yeah i if they had just put in something along the way saying it was possible that you know not everything would come back at once and there would be a learning like a a delayed process. I think that would have been fine, but I'm not. I'm not sure why they didn't put in a line about that somewhere because that would have just, you know, it would have made a lot more sense. And as the doctor is doing brain surgery on Tom Paris and goes, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Why does he continue doing the operation? Great question. <laughs> really good question. <clears throat> also, I mean, if I was Janeway, <laughs> if I was Janeway, part of me would be like, you know, if this doesn't work, Cass. You seem pretty capable. Maybe we should just be right. the doctor. <laughs> Apparently, all you have to do is read what the screen says, and then you're the doctor at that point. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I thought this was terrible. Why am I wrong? Why is why is it not not terrible? I everybody's everybody's has their own title to their own opinion. <laughs> I, I I'm not going to say it was great because it wasn't. Mm. I I the only thing I liked about it was the, the some of the concepts that they were kind of tossing around, but. Uh, they didn't do anything interesting with them. Um, it's always fun to see. Uh, it's it was one of those weird episodes where it felt like it was uh, a show off episode for um, Picardo. Yeah, with the uh, singing. You mean? Yeah, I'm assuming. Was that him singing? 
I think so, yes. Because yeah. he, he would have been pushing for the character to have an interest in opera. So I think it is him singing. Oh, sure, yeah. He saw that one trombone episode and yeah, he, he saw Harry Kim whipping out the clarinet and he needed to get in on that shit. Um, he charted a course, a course across the skinniest part of character development and said, give me an opera to sing. Yes. Uh, I I like that scene. I like him. I liked him arguing with the he's soprano. Funny. I thought that was fun. Yeah, yeah, he's funny with that. I, I, despite the fact that it feels like they are making fun of people with Alzheimer's, I also thought he was funny in the sick bay scenes when he doesn't know what he's doing. Yes. Yeah, I liked the scene when uh, after the guy died. Shall I scan him? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but that goes against the grain of feeling sympathy for him, right? It, it's tough to write it as a comedy when you're supposed to feel. Uh, pathos for him and his losing right. of his mind. So I thought that was a weird. Not that you can't. Not that there's something not inherently funny about the hologram doctor doing this, but the point that they're making seems to be more that this is a tragedy. What's happening to happening to him? Yeah, yeah. That's the thing that's strange about it. Is it seems like it's a story that could have been a lot more of a centerpiece and a lot have a lot more built into it as far as. Um drama and decisions that have to be made and stuff with this with a sort of analogy towards dementia and alzheimer's um but yeah they just kind of play it for jokes for the most part and uh it weirdly ends up playing like the 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 um the split in this episode is very strange because because this is clearly the A plot, but it feels like the B plot. Yep, and it's named. And, the swarm is named after the B plot. Right? Yeah, it's it's named after the the B plot, and I don't know. It's 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 just a really strange thing. Like, if you were going to do this as a plot, that should be the name of the episode. Should be about that shit. You know, some pretentious Shakespeare quote about memory or something. <laughs> the, the candle flickers fastest for those who have used up all their hard drive space. Something pretentious yes. like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that, like, I think my biggest issue with it is that I completely understand if the Doctor plot is the strong A plot and this Swarm plot is the B plot, the reason that the resolution to the B plot sucks so much is because you have an episode that's dedicated to the Doctor plot. So I'd be fine if the Swarm plot was just some, like, if the entire part, point of the Swarm plot was to provide the, like, the energy drain problem for solving the Doctor issue... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd be okay with them doing some nonsense about like reverse the polarity and cause all the ships to explode, and that'll be the way that it works. Yeah, but they're they're played both equally and as we mentioned before, like comically against each other at the exact same time in a way that makes no sense, and it doesn't act as if both stories are happening on the same episode. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. I also do wonder, um, given how much our own computer technology has advanced. Yeah. Uh, why he's not how in the cloud? Mu- yeah, like how how much room is opera really taken up in this program here? Right. You know, like it. You'd think he would have. Why is it on his program? Why isn't it just saved on the ship? Yeah. Why doesn't he have like? Why isn't he walking around <laughs> with like solid state drive earrings on or well, something? Well, like so to to take the the to go fair with the episode, there is a kind of a neat point here about like the Zimmerman character is saying that all of the stuff of life that is outside of work is irrelevant, right? He's like kind of a workaholic character. Mm -hmm. And there's Mm -hmm. a neat little metaphor there about like the point of the doctor's existence comes from all the stuff that he's learned outside of work in a way. Sure, yeah. But 
it's it's treated so flippantly and you know you come up it's like how much space is this taking up like why why is the Zimmerman character so badly drawn in this way and and it's tough because I actually like both Picardo performances I think Picardo might be the best part of this entire thing oh he's easily yeah, yeah it's not it's, even a question so it's like it's just I really like that neat point, and I feel that there should have been more heart-to-heart conversations between Zimmerman and this EMH that he's made in the, a way that actually explores like why saving these memories is important for the doctor and why losing them is such a tragedy for him. Yeah, yeah. And it just it whiffs completely. It doesn't even try to do any of that stuff. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, you know, the whole uh, the whole thing, the most interesting part, yeah, is, is this I- kind of getting into this idea of like what is – a worthwhile life, basically. Yeah. What is the what is the meaning of life to some level, you know? Um, and they don't really do anything with it, and it's yeah, it's just it's too bad because I think that's a an, it, the, the the doctor is such a great character, um, and allows you to do something like this in a, in a novel way, and I feel like they were on the right track. Like I I liked this as it was starting as they were starting to get into everything. But then as it went on, I was like, okay, this is, they're not going to do anything interesting here. Yeah. Yeah. I think Darren Mooney and his review of it, had brought up a kind of a neat point that it's like the, um, the doctor is somewhat in the vein of like the Spock and data and Odo characters, Mm -hmm. but his drive is different from them in the sense that he's not particularly interested in becoming a human. He, he's just kind of wants to grow as a thing. Yeah. And I think that that's that's the most interesting part about this is that he's not he's not doing all this stuff because he is attempting to become more like Zimmerman, the human who created him. It's more that he just wants to become a basically like a more well-rounded person who right. has, who yeah. has interests outside of his programming and stuff like that. Um, so I don't know. It's I, I feel you have to hit that point and you have to. It even ties in like. With the the setup of the show, trying trying to get home, you'd feel like this would be the Star Trek show to most develop the interests that people have outside of their work because they are developing a little community amongst themselves, mm. and um, it just doesn't doesn't want to do that. So they stick a, a terrible alien subplot onto the other side of it, and then I don't know. I find the ending bonkers. I, I just think that's a terrible ending for this show um, to have the Doctor have his mind wiped and then just sings the opera and you get a little bit of a tease that he's not all gone. And then you're just going to bring him back. Like why? What, what was the, what is the point of that? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I was thinking it would be interesting if they had, uh, pulled an old, it pulled the old doctor who card and every, every few years, the doctor's memory gets filled up and they have to redo the program. And it's always a different person. Like a new actor is, is brought back. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be fun. That's yeah. like the Tom Riker thing, like replace Riker with a younger, sexier version of himself or whatever, <laughs> whatever the, the, uh, the goal was there. All right. So let's go to. Pages. Remember when they put Picard inside a robot? Yeah. And then never, never talked about it never again. Never talked about that again. <laughs> um, this is exactly, I guess it's living true to, true to the Voyager thing. I didn't like, I, and I, I wouldn't want people to think I'm being unfair against the reset thing because I understand that these shows, this is how they function, that the show kind of has to get back to where it was to to reset itself for, you know, people who are just tuning in once every seven weeks and they can't handle a, a serialized story just because of the way the t- television was at this point. But um, 
I would need to be convinced that this this one just felt egregious to me in how well, it was done. Well, you know, I think the interesting thing about it, and I kind of thought this is what they were doing, <clears throat> excuse me, is I thought that maybe they were going to wipe him completely, uh, wipe his mind, <laughs> wipe his mind completely, um, <laughs> because maybe they realized they were pushing him too fast. And they just wanted to reset it because to, to your point about people who drop in every seven weeks or so, what's going to be more jarring to that person turning on Voyager and seeing him singing opera in the holodeck or is it going to be him being a dickhead to someone in sickbay, you know, right? Yeah. like I think you could, <clears throat> they could dump his personality back to zero and start afresh. And I don't really think it would be that big of a, of a change a change right no like if you missed this episode you wouldn't notice that anything had happened to him yeah and, and it would allow you to kind of like take a different path if you want it's it's actually kind of an interesting idea um because it would allow picardo to take a different path with the character and the way he acts and stuff as he he relearns stuff and obviously you don't want to go through the whole shit of him being like what's what's your, what's her name Right, Cass. I've never met you before for three episodes or whatever. But. You're the nurse. Every episode, you're the nurse. Yeah. But like you know, if they had gone through with it and just reset him and started over, that would be kind of fascinating because they've never really done that with one of these characters before. Yeah. I um. Yeah, I, I I don't know how I would react to that. I guess whether or not it would be frustrating, whether or not like I even, I mean, I sort of know enough about the doctor for it to, to matter, I suppose, at this point. It's because it's, it's really his relationship with Kess is the, the thing that's different about him. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they use opera in this episode as a shorthand to show that this is how he's developing. This is the stuff that he's learning, but... In a normal episode where he doesn't sing opera, it really just seems like his development with Kess is the thing that has changed the most for him. So I don't know if I'd want to see that wiped. I don't know if it's worth wiping. I don't know. It's interesting. It at least would like it would make everything a lot more legitimately emotional and, and be a real It'd be a thing death. that they have to grapple with. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's part of the interesting idea of it, where it's like, well, technically you're killed this person's dying but they're being replaced by the same person like it's literally the same person on paper right because of the the fact that he is a hologram so his his programming has not changed his base programming remains exactly the same but the new data putting in put you're putting into it is going to create a new person and is it going to be the same person that you knew after six weeks yeah is it going to be someone completely different? That's I, that's actually pretty interesting to me. It's kind of the uh, a <clears throat> little bit of the um, what's his name there? Trip Trip's clone. Yeah, Sim. Yeah, where it's kind of like yeah, they're the same person, but also not. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, we'll go to patron thoughts at this point. If you enjoyed the content today, you can support the show at patreon.com slash file. Leave your thoughts about upcoming episodes. We read them on the podcast. You also get extra access to all the podcasts that we put up on Patreon and stuff like that. The usual Patreon spiel, patreon.com slash file. So this is <clears throat> The Swarm. Kyle Barrett says, 
I'd like to remind Clay that during the Life Signs podcast, he said he was glad the writers hadn't shoehorned in Picardo dancing or singing just because he was, just because, oh, just because, oh, just, uh, sorry, just because Welcome to the Rubber Picardo Variety Hour in which he'll embrace his inner Brent Spiner and show off. Having said that, I really enjoy the Doctor storyline with it being very funny and fairly emotional. It shows that Mike Sussman is one of the better writers on staff. It's a shame then that the rest of the episode lets it down, and I really dislike Janeway in this one. After sticking up for Federation values in the past, suddenly she says we're a long way from Starfleet and very arrogantly and dismissively strides into territory they have no right going into. Janeway determining aliens as being bullies just seems like an excuse to do what she wants, and for the second time in two episodes, Paris does nothing but almost die. Three out of five. Hey man, he put tried to very briefly and not very assertively put the moves on to Torres. Yeah, you think you're picking up something there? Could be. Could I don't be. know. It was a pretty pretty weak attempt on his <laughs> part. I mean, then later on, he when Janeway was talking about sneaking out of out of out of her house, he's like, "Ooh, baby, where are you going?" Yeah, what are you up to, Janeway? Use your imagination, sir. <laughs> it's not the thing you say. It was my take on that the way that they intended for that take to be. I can imagine uh, a lot of things that she's getting up to is what I'm trying yeah, to say. Yeah, I think that was the – she was, you know, trying to be cheeky about it. Okay. The the way you say it's none of your business, but you're also kind of like winking when you say it. <laughs> it's just – she was uh, she was up to some <clears throat> shenanigans. Ken Sita is a short one. How do you distract from a run-of-the-mill alien sci-fi plot? Just have Robert Picardo acting up a storm with himself. The Doctor scenes in this one lifts it to a much higher level than it has any right to be. Four out of five. Wow. Tax Bear, I'll send this one to you. The Swam. A missed opportunity to feature some actually alien aliens as opposed to slightly modified humans in SWAT gear. Especially here in the Delta Quadrant where all bets are allegedly off, that should happen way more often. Yeah, I couldn't even get really a good grasp on what these guys were supposed to look like. No. I don't know why we needed to see them in alien form at all. They should have just been the tiny ships. Yeah, yeah. Would have been neat. Because they say the ships are... Only a couple meters long, I think, at some point. So it's like one one person is probably in each ship, you know? Well, and also, I mean, there's some weird unanswered questions, which I don't necessarily think they need to answer, but it's still out there. No. Um, like when when you shoot them, it, I couldn't tell if they were dying or if they were just transporting back to their ships because it was the same special effect. Right, it was the purple beam in special. And, you know, I think that's kind of weird, and I think it's fun that they don't, ever tell you exactly what's going on there yeah um because that that's one of the cool one of the interesting things about this is these i like that they have an encounter with an alien group that they just never get answers from yes yeah where they can't understand what they're saying they don't exactly know why they're doing what they're doing well i mean they're they you could guess you're yeah it's not really confusing you're doing you're doing donuts in your car across their lawn (laughs) that you could figure it out um but like, uh, uh, how do they know the territory of those aliens? How do they have I a map know. about? I it? think is is it Neelix? Because they turn to Neelix and he's like, "If it's what I think it is, it's pretty bad." Yeah, but he's like, so "I don't even cleans- know what their name is." So how can he know where their yeah. territory is? That's know. a good question. Ugh. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. We're, oh no, I was just. 
yeah it's like i i like i like the idea that they can have these interactions with aliens that remain unknowable yes they should do that um, a little bit more almost i think maybe not enough to get redundant but it is you think they'd run into it more often yeah yeah but uh i don't know if this necessarily was the the best one yeah i mean they're just a yeah, I don't know. I, it's probably not worth it. I I think that the reason the aliens are pissed off is fairly clear in this one, and it would it'd be a, they'd be a neater threat if you were unsure of what they were doing the entire time. Um, yeah, I was a little bit confused. Um, did they attack the shuttle at the beginning because they were in already in? Yes, they crossed into their territory. Swarm space. Yeah, they they the swamp saw them coming. The swamp, but they didn't kill them. They did not. They allowed right. them to leave <laughs> to continue their television careers. Um, I don't know. That was it's bizarre. And just the, the the weird focus on their weapons. They're like, they shot you with a neurotoxin gun. It must have hurt like fucking hell. And they're like, it did hurt like hell. It's like, what the? <laughs> what is this? People died from being shot by those guns. Of course it hurts. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that guy who died looked like kind of a kind of a pushover. So who knows? Maybe he's just uh, made <laughs> made of softer stuff. Glenn, I have to be honest. I feel like I'm getting the energy from you in this episode. You watch this one in the back, <laughs> in the background, and you. <laughs> Why was that guy supposed to be super strong or something? No, I'm just you. You have a. I. I'm, it's mostly against my like vitriolic hatred of it, and you're just. <laughs> You're giving me you're like, yeah, that didn't make a lot of sense. That was kind of I, okay. I'm, gi- I'm giving you as, as many answers as the episode gives me, man. I don't know why. I don't know why they 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 got knocked out, but this guy died. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, it's just I, I I want you to. Um, it's it's good when I don't even know if we're disagreeing, but it is. It's better when we have different opinions about it. But I, I expected more um, dislike from from you. I was I was imprinting my own outlook on you and i was expecting this would be a no, big circle just, jerk no it's just i i don't know it's like it's it's just a lot of kind of nothing for a mm. lot for a lot of it you know like the the doctor stuff is fun and it's it presents some interesting questions and interesting ideas until it doesn't anymore and yes. then it just kind of soft shoes across the finish line yeah yeah Aaron Million says, The Swarm, the alien part is a distraction from an excellent Picardo performance where he essentially plays someone who experiences Alzheimer's as he forgets who he is and who he he has been. Jennifer Lean is good here, too, demonstrating her fondness for the Doctor and staging a critical intervention with Zimmerman to get him to view the Doctor as a distinct personality. I like the ambiguity of the ending with Picardo not knowing who Kess is, yet humming opportunes. As for the alien part, Janeway abandons her usual deferential attitude towards alien cultures by deciding to cross their space in stealth mode. Also, is it just me or does Voyager get boarded an awful lot? Three malfunctioning Doctors out of five. And there was a lot of weird background techno babble stuff that I just wasn't even tracking. As, no, as uh, how, uh, it's understandable. Whether it's <laughs> creating a, a shield mirror or some shit to block their signal, and then all of the swarm ships show up, and they're like, "Well, they all they're all using the same tachyon pulse, so our our shields are gone now." <laughs> it's like, okay. Did sure. Chicote say lit up like a Christmas tree in this episode, which makes it thematically appropriate? <laughs> He might. I, I think he remember. does. When he's, I was just, I wasn't really paying attention. I was just watching the background. <laughs> I think when he, 
Because the ship does, it like shoots them with the gun and they start saying like our shields are exactly the polar opposite of what they should be. And Chicote says yeah. something like any ship within a billion light years will see us coming. I, I really liked it when Harry Kim was like, <laughs> Captain, our shields are now at zero. And then she's just kind of like, okay. I, <laughs> why? <laughs> this That swarm stuff is Pure techno babble. It's there's yeah. there's literally nothing about it that's not techno babble resolution. Really, Kirk, really bad. you have no idea how hard it is to coordinate so many ships. <laughs> have you ever seen? Have you ever seen when they use drones at the Super Bowl? It's kind of like that. <laughs> it's very difficult. Very. <laughs> Troy Aikman complaining. Can about make things. them look like a a very accurate portrait of Lady Gaga if you try hard enough, though. <laughs> This oh I, did I copy this? Let me paste it. Uh, yes, this is Jaron Hatch with the swarm. Talk about a disconnect between the A and B plot. I've seen this episode several times over. Sorry, I, I thought there was going to be a punchline. There's a little Jerry <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld in there. <laughs> I was reading it like a Catskills comic. <laughs> Talk about a disconnect between the A and B plot. I've seen this episode several times over my lifetime, and I still forget that this is the one where the doctor begins to break down. He's clearly the highlight of this one, but his story still doesn't amount to anything. Fortunately, Robert Picardo has a knack for elevating the material he's given, and his dual performance saves the episode. As for the swarm itself, like it or not, this idea was done far better in Star Trek Beyond. I'll take Starship Surfing to Beastie Boys over an inverse ionic pulse disrupting a subspace lattice any day. Three prima donnas out of five. Mm-hmm. I, had a, I was looking at the Beastie Boys randomly, not because of this episode, but um, it's a uh, it's always shot like I, I think it's the Adam Yauch, the one who MCA who died recently. I was just looking at him. Was like, he only died at 47. He seemed like he was much yeah. older than that when it happened. But yeah. That is uh, young, and I'm very close to that. Just you know, you know what though, I don't like the Beastie Boys, and I don't understand why people love them so much. Mm-hmm. I never have liked them, and I don't get it. Yeah, is it because is it like charming that to have three people say the same word every five words? Is that why people like <laughs> the Beastie Boys? <laughs> it might be. They came around at an interesting point in rap history. I think is the thing. Like yeah. Yeah, it's not. It's. I, I don't know how well they would it would exist now, but they were able to exist at that moment. I think, and only that moment when they came out. Yeah, I guess that's the thing. Is like I never thought that they were particularly good writers. Like their songs yeah. never really clicked with me, and I kind of thought that I kind of always thought they were a bit of a joke. Yeah. And so I, I would always surprise me when to when I found out that they were like highly regarded and revered musicians. Yes, yeah. Of of the the, the early days of hip hop, and it's like I don't know, man. They seem kind of silly to me. Yeah, I they're they're influential in in um, sampling and everything because Paul's Boutique, I think, is that big album that like virtually everything is sampled in it, which right, they might have yeah. been pioneers in at that time. So it's stuff like that that I wouldn't know, but I don't mind. I you give me the the top ten Beastie Boys Spotify playlist and I'll listen to it and think that it's it's fine. But I, I don't mm-hmm. dive deeper than that, really. Patrick Seba, the kids love them though for whatever reason. Patrick Seba said, "My kids." Patrick Seba says, "The swarm." <laughs> not, not just like not just the general, kids in general youth. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> not, not kids who are about to turn 47. Who are the Beastie Boys and why do the kids all love them? This kids is hot. Hot on the street. A lot of TikTok videos about it. Oh, it's Kyle Barrett. Patrick Siva says, The Swarm, when it comes to singers, he's no Russell Crowe. That's some set of pipes on old Bob Picardo. Ira Bear loved Frank. Now Jerry pulls rank. So writers all move to Castel Gondolfo. Okay. Send me send me that. Send yep. me the thing that you just read. Yeah. Send it to me over, over the thing. I've sent it. Okay. Now read it again. When it comes to singers, he's no Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. Okay. The, oh, we're doing the Beastie Boys. This is what the Beastie Boys That's are. Some set of pipes on old Bob Picardo. Bob Picardo. Ira Bear loved Frank. Frank. Now Jerry pulls rank. So writers all move to Castel, Castel Gandalf. That's the Beastie Boys. Why do people like that? That's true. That's fair. <laughs> Put but me in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You have to alternate syllables too. Uh, Beastie Boys. But uh, thank you. Patrick, we'll go down to the changeling, which is right here, and I will copy it, and then I will send it to <laughs> you. It's tough to do the Beastie Boys over Discord, apparently. Or, or <laughs> we cannot hit this, the uh, the rhythm at the same time. Wow, this episode is so disjointed, the Doctor is falling apart. I really thought the twist of the episode was going to be that the aliens were actually good and had the answer to cure the doctor, but no, they were just the villains of the week to die in the generic, you kill one of them, you kill them all sort of way. Uh, You kill one of them, you kill them all sort of way. Three overloading your head with useless information like Star Trek trivia out of five. Yeah. I was surprised, too, that the aliens were not A, responsible for his breakdown and B, the cure for his breakdown. Yeah, same. I was expecting literally any connection between the plots. It was not given one. <laughs> Point next to G, the swarm of the two plot lines, the Doctor's storyline is more entertaining. I like seeing him as a patient, with Kess being his advocate to the captain. Picardo plays the Zimmerman hologram just enough different from the Doctor. You can tell that he's someone else, but also has all the recognizable traits of the Doctor. Dr. Zimmerman did have the energy of like... Uh, the father in an 80s movie where yeah, he's like yeah. why are you spending all of your time listening to rock songs and yes. reading fantasy novels when you could be working at the bank it's got like crazy hair he's the, the father who's constantly rubbing his hands through his hair because he's so stressed out about the kids and it gives him that crazy hairdo this is matt ross the swam the opera bit with the doctor drives me crazy like, but there seems to be something that makes you question it. Question if any hologram can be more than an AI simulation. Filing the dock up, sorry, filling the dock up with extra data, causing him to have failure, is a nice idea. But this plot with the alien story seems like seemed like the writer said, "Quick, give me two half stories to mash together." Forgetting the tech babble to get rid of the aliens, I also question the diagnostic doctor. Uh, how what? Well, I think also, it's one. I also, okay. I also question the diagnostic doctor. One, how much memory does that computer have and how many of these doctor types are there? Maybe not I a guess one. I guess there's no it was two. Just, it was just a type. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, and if Janeway hadn't stopped to check out the damaged ship, they could have made it with less trouble. Two wasted stories out of five. Great actor from that dying alien captain, though. He really he used up his 30 seconds quite a bit. Yeah, he was good. Yeah. Acting through a lot of makeup. 
Milo Perverso says, The Swarm, I was a little bit confused with the ending. Did they erase the doctor's whole memory, just part of his memory, and or the computer's base personality was simply reset to square one? Spoiler alert, I've seen the upcoming episodes and the doctor is pretty much the same personality, in my opinion. Frowny face emoji. (laughs) (laughs) I would have liked it if he had come out and just had been talking with a wild accent or something. When after they reboot him? Yeah, and so for the rest of the series, he talks with like a thick Austrian accent. Yeah, he should just be, he should have <clears throat> uncomfortable views. He's clearly more misogynist <laughs> when he comes back. He's like, you're the nurse. He's, he's exactly the same. He remembers everything, but he's got one thing that's different about him. <laughs> Sympathetic to certain viewpoints. Artorius, did I copy this? I don't think I did. No, I did. Artorias uh, is sent over to you right now. The Swam. So rules only apply when you want them to. How convenient. This starts to become a pattern with Janeway. One moment she will preach up a storm on her moral high horse. The next she will throw it out the window when she believes it's in Voyager's best interests. Picarda by far was the best thing about this episode. They should have picked one and stuck with it. You could have had one, but when you went for both, you got none. Two out of five. <laughs> Two in the... Hand, one in the hand is better than two in the bush. Grapple John Zorn. That's, that's what I think. That's what Paris was trying to tell <laughs> Torres on the on the ship there. <laughs> I see you're kind of uh, kind of edgy in your seats. How about you come sit over here? Grapple John Zorn says the swarm. Jennifer Lean's performance is about the only thing worth watching in this episode. Someone needs to tell Tom Paris that when armed intruders beam onto your shuttlecraft, the appropriate response does not involve standing up to introduce yourself. I was surprised the term <laughs> interferometric particles, whatever it is, comes from an actual imaging science, though not surprised it's willfully misapplied here. It's a two or a three. I can't tell anymore. I was, uh, I was writing this thing that I can't really talk about yet, um, and I needed to come up with a uh, anagram, acronym. What's the one where it's just a, where one, each letter is a Anagram, is a I word. think. Anagram. Yeah. I had to come up with an anagram that sounded scientific, and so I asked my girlfriend, the scientist, about it, and she she came up with some words. I'm like, that sounds really good. Is this going to hold up if anybody like puts any scrutiny on it? And she was like, I have no idea. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, sounds good to me. <laughs> As big in the research world, they love acronyms for their titles and stuff, and some of them are fairly clever, although uh, kind of tortured to get there. This is Nick the Rat with the final comment, The Swarm. The Swam. Why didn't Neelix warn them before they got there? Loved Zimmerman, the doctor, and Kess in this. Is Kess speaking even more softly than usual? Feels like some strange ASMR, and it's making me hypnotized. Does Tuvok wind up ratting out Janeway when they finally get home? Sweet episode. A very high four out of five. Yeah. I, you know, I'm surprised. I have yet to. There's the, the two things that I'm taking away from this show is I don't understand why people like Tom Paris because he's done literally nothing. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm shocked seasons. by how little he's done in the show, <laughs> yeah. actually. Yeah. And the other thing is, I don't understand why people don't like Kess. I think she's re- I think she's one of the better characters in the show. I think her acting is good, and I think for what she does as a character, I think she's pretty good. Yeah, I, I think Kess's problem is Kess is only defined by the Doctor to this point. Um, yeah. It's only with with interactions with the doctor that it means anything because Neelix is obviously not relevant to anything. Uh, sure, yet. but yeah, I don't um, I don't mind Kess. 
it's you know, I think the show is going to say that they want to go in a different direction when they eventually replace her with Seven of Nine. But I honestly feel it's a writers didn't do anything with her. Yeah. It's yeah. not her fault. Yeah. I mean, I would have 100% if it was up to me, I would say dump Neelix and keep Cass. Yeah. She's a good um, Seven of Nine. She's a good counselor character, I think. You know, yeah. it's, it's tough. But Tom Paris is a peculiar one. I, I really. Not knowing much about the series, I really expected much more action from him, and he doesn't do anything mm-hmm. ever. Him and Chicago just don't do anything. What if instead of getting rid of Kess, they flew back to the planet with the with the weird Tuvix flower? Yeah, zapped them down, brought brought zapped Kess and Neelix down, and then brought them back up with that flower, turned them into Keyless, and then yeah. she could talk about how her <laughs> milkshake brings the boys to the yard. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Damn right. It's better than y'all's. <laughs> Keyless. <laughs> I is, what is that? Jay-Z's girlfriend, wife or something? That's all she did, I think, to that point. But anyway, Nick the Rat is done. Thank you, patrons, for your comments about this one. It's above a three, I think, for the patrons. It's like a 3.5, maybe, wow. averaging out with people. Yeah. Um, I'll go first on our scale of one to five. What are we going to give this one? I'm going to give it a one. Um, I thought it was real bad. I thought it was <laughs> terrible. Um, made me angry, which I always know is a one when that happens. Uh, I just, I just thought it was a misfire in pretty much every, every story. Janeway's characterization down to the swarm aliens were just techno babble nonsense down to the doctor's conundrum about what to do down to the resolution of just doing a half-assed version it's obviously proto data and nemesis but it's like i feel like the data and nemesis one isn't as egregious because that's the end of that franchise or that series mm. for those people um this one i don't know i give it a one what about you yeah i'll give it a two yeah. i liked it a, a little bit more than you did but uh yeah i still think it's it's um i think it's very watchable Mm. But uh, I think once you start thinking about it, I think it kind of falls apart pretty, pretty, pretty easily. Yeah. All right. That's it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you for supporting the show. Patreon.com slash the Penske file. Uh, we are done with this one. And our next one is False Prophets, Clay. And Ooh. that is a is that sequel. a tax term? It's a sequel to a TNG episode. So on Patreon, we'll watch the prequel TNG episode to this oh, cool. one that's okay. coming up. Sure. And Very that, cool. I looked at the calendar, is in February. So that'll be our February Patreon, and then the episode will come out in February after that. Oh, wow. I didn't realize how far ahead we were. Yeah, we're a decent clip ahead <clears throat> at this point. We're just recording this just before Christmas, if people are curious. Uh, that's it. So, Clay, do you have anything you want to say? Uh, if we are still in January, the first episode of the our rotten horror picture show patreon for 2023 is out or will be out soon and it is the first of our video nasty series and it is dario argento's tenebrae which is a fun one to kick off with so uh look forward to that badass is still going you know i watched black adam or i watched like 75 percent of it black adam yeah, the Rock DC movie. Oh, okay. Yep. That that just that came out in theaters like four weeks ago and is now already on HBO Max because yeah. nobody cared. Um, 
<clears throat> very very interestingly bad in a in a in a interesting way because it's not like it's not bad bad the way you just kind of like it's not morbius bad where you're just going like why did anybody decide to pay money to make this movie and yeah did anybody bother writing a script it's not it's not bad like that it's just it's so homogenized in a really strange way because black black i'm the only reason i'm talking about this is because i need to get it out of my brain Mm. um black adam the character is positioned as this like hardcore chain breaking badass but the movie isn't about anything and so he all of his badassery is in service of nothing and so he has the main character my own heart (laughs) yeah (laughs) well what what happens then is that he as the main character of the movie has no drive right and he doesn't like want anything Mm -hmm. and so he spends it's like a two and a half hour movie or whatever and he spends the first hour and 45 minutes just killing people talking about why it's cool for him to kill people and then he just kind of mopes around and stares off into the distance for a while while Hawkman yells at him. Right. And it's like it there's a couple interesting glimmers of ideas but it, they don't let they don't let the movie be about anything because they want it to be mass market appeal. Um so any kind of edge edge is like sanded off and in place of character you just get well I kill people. And yeah. then that's kind of it. Yeah. And so you don't end up having any character change and you go into the third act of the movie with really like who gives a shit why any of this is happening. It's very fascinating. It's 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 a good um it's a good study in like story structure. Yeah. Because there's like a very central element missing and all of the stuff on top of it is still there, but that central building block just makes the whole thing kind of just fall apart. Yeah. The Rock is the lead in it. Yes, he mm-hmm. is the titular Black Adam. He's been a lot, in a lot of movies. I wonder what his Rotten Tomatoes average is. You know, so that's another thing that I find interesting is he is generally pop, regarded in popular culture as like this huge movie star. Yeah, I don't really think that the movies that he leads do very well traditionally. No, no. they like, probably he's do a in great. China. I'm sure yeah, they do probably. in China. He's a great um, ensemble guy, or like a like a when when it's more than one person, I feel like he's great. And you know, Fast and the Furious, he was great. Pain and Gain, fantastic. But anytime they put him at the front, and it's just like this movie is about The Rock, it's just never. Yeah, I just don't think it ever makes a splash. They always feel like high budget um, sci fi channel movies. Yeah. Yes. They just it's kind of lame. I don't know. Maybe there's just no scripts for him or something. But he, yeah, he's um. He's not. He's done so many movies, and I wouldn't even say he's really all that memorable for me. Is like yeah. in twenty years, am I going to be like remember when The Rock just owned Hollywood as the action star? No, I don't remember. No, that. no, he's never. I mean, he's done probably as many movies in as many years as say like Schwarzenegger has done. Yeah, yeah. But you know, no iconic movie. Yeah, nobody's going like man. I remember the first time I saw Jungle Cruise. Yeah. <laughs> Jumanji was good, though. The Jumanji movie was good. Or like Fast and the Furious was lucky to bring in someone of The Rock's caliber that really picked up that series. It's like that didn't happen. It's, it's just he just was added to it and stuff like that. Yeah, it's very interesting. That's it. Thanks, everybody. False Prophets is the next one. Make sure you sign up for Patreon to get our coverage of 
The Price, which is the TNG episode that leads up to it. Thank you, listener Kyle, for reminding me about that. So we will see you then.